I'm going to mess with that a little bit. So uh, we're not going to get into tradition tonight. Amen. Remember, I always tell you some traditions are good. But other traditions, if it's not scriptural, we don't want to continue with them. And so I'm hoping tonight what I will talk to you about will help you to understand um, we might have looked at some things in a traditional way in these uh, scripture texts, but hopefully when you leave here tonight, you will look at it the way God intended for us to see it and not in a uh, way of always how we've always thought. So without further ado, I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Then we'll also go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. Matthew 16, we'll start in verse 13. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, have your way tonight. Again, I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's just always a pleasure to come into the house of the Lord and to be together and sharing in the word of God. Why don't you pray with me right now? I feel like I need to pray. Father, Whatever it is that is around us, in our homes, in our lives, in our families' lives, our children's lives, that the enemy is trying to overtake. I come against that work of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we are your children, and we have been bought with the blood of Jesus And your name is applied to our life, Lord, and we have authority. And so right now as I stand, I take authority over every evil that is coming against my family or the families of this congregation. I take authority and I bind that evil. I bind that spirit that's trying to overtake my family and trying to overtake your family. I bind that spirit and I cast it in outer darkness in the name of Jesus. And I loose the goodness of God upon my family. I loose the goodness of God upon your family. I loose the power of God in your life. I loose the power of God in your family's life and in my family's life in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Ah. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 says this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He, Jesus, said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, 
For flesh and blood had not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys. For a long time I've been reading that text and I didn't realize keys was plural. Mm -mm -mm. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. I just bind up the devil just now. <laughs> Matthew chapter 6 verse 31. Therefore take no thought saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed for after all these things do the Gentiles seek Gentile meaning people that are not believers of Jesus Christ for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, I've just read a whole lot of scripture for you, and I'm going to go back through some of it and make some points that you may have not paid a whole lot of attention to or didn't look at it closely, but I want to look at it closely with you tonight. I've entitled this Bible study, and this really is a Bible study, I've entitled this Bible study tonight, The Church and the Kingdom. The Church and the Kingdom. You may not have caught why I entitled it that, but here is something that's going to catch your attention right now. The Church is who we are. The Kingdom of God is what we do. The church is who we are. The kingdom of God is what we do. It's going to change your doctrine. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. When Jesus asked him, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He said, That thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, look at it closely. You'll see in that, that Peter is saying, you are the Messiah, meaning you are the, 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 the anointed one that we heard about, we read about, that was supposed to come. So you are the anointed one, and you are the son of the living God. In essence, what Peter is saying is, you are the Messiah and God. Peter is saying, Jesus, we recognize, or I recognize, that you are the Messiah and God. Remember I told you, always remember this, don't make it complicated. There is no way for there to be a God son if there was not a God mother. So when you hear son of God when it's dealing with Jesus, you're talking about God, but he just happened now to be the son of Mary and Joseph. That's why he's son, but he's really God. So Peter got the revelation that you are the Messiah and God manifest as a man. When Peter said that to Jesus, Jesus says, you are blessed, Peter, because flesh and blood, your intellect, 
So your you were your intelligence did not reveal that to you, but my father, it means the spirit of God revealed that to you. That's what it said, my father in heaven. And I love as his flesh and blood had not what? Revealed. Remember I talked to you a couple, couple Sundays ago that the first thing we must know about the word of God is revelation. So Jesus himself said, you're blessed, Peter. When you receive the revelation of who God is, you're blessed. So we like to say we're blessed. Oh, God bless me. But what we might be thinking of as blessing is totally different from what God think of as blessing. God says when you have the revelation of who I am, that is blessing. That's the word of God. I'm going to stay in the word tonight. I'm walking you through the word tonight. And so we know now that the spirit of God revealed to Peter who Jesus was. And so Peter went on and told him, and Jesus went on and told him what it was. Then verse 18 says, and I say unto thee, Jesus is saying, okay, Peter, let me say this to you. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, the word Peter translated, when you go back and look at it in the Greek, in the Hebrew, it's translated rock or stone. But he wasn't saying that up on the rock or up on the stone or up on Peter. This is where some of the uh, some of our certain kind of religion believe that, OK, Peter is the bishop of the church because Peter, uh, the, the Bible, Christianity is being built upon Peter. It, it didn't mean it's built upon Peter. It meant that it was built, built upon the revelation that Peter received. Upon the revelation Peter received, Jesus said, that's how I will build my church. Mm. So the bottom line is, if you don't understand who God is, you're not understanding the church. Mm. So he told Peter, upon that revelation, Peter, I am going to build my church. What that means is the church is built by the almighty God whose name is Jesus. I can't build the church. You can't build the church. When we say we're church planters, that's just the conversation to just be talking because we can't plant the church. The church is already built by Jesus Christ. And he is the one that will continue to add to the church. So he says, I will build my church. The church was established on the day of Pentecost. So when he says, I will build my church, it's because the day of Pentecost hadn't come yet. But he says, I was going to build a church. So once the day of Pentecost came and the church was established, nobody can build the church. All we can do now is what God asks us to do. And he adds to the church. So the church is not man's responsibility. The church is God's responsibility. When you understand that as a saint of God, as a pastor, you realize we don't have anything to do with how big the church is, how small the church is, how medium-sized the church is. It has to do with what he determines. Now, 
if you don't do what you're supposed to do, then the church can't go anywhere. Because I have an example for you real quick to divert just a bit that God is all about reaching the lost. He died for the lost. So it's his desire that every lost human being will be saved. And so God wants to save everybody. So the first thing that's, that we must be ready for, for God to save people is, as the church, we are the church, will we give God all the opportunity to send as many people to get to the church? And so what it means is, if we are not prepared for growth, then God can't add to the church. Not because you don't want to, but because we have not prepared. So we must prepare for God to add to his church. If we don't prepare, then he will add to another church. It's still one church, but he will add to those that have prepared for him to add. So this is a preparation time for many of us, for for, uh, for, for this church, understanding what God wants to do. It's preparation time. Tell your, your neighbors, preparation time. God wants to add to his church. And so he says that upon this revelation, I will Bill, my church. Now think about it when it says bill. Use that word bill. Think about when you're building something. When you're building a house. That's what the church is like. He's building a house. Right? As a matter of fact, you can go in scripture and the church is referred to. Again, the church is not a building. The church is referred to as a house. Remember, we are the church. And we'll get into that a little bit. So, he says... And the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that he's going to build. So here is what you think about when you think about gate. Gate is where you enter. Everybody must pass the gate to enter. So what Jesus is saying to Peter upon this revelation, I will build my church and everything in hell cannot prevail against the church it doesn't matter if all of hell come up and try to overtake the church it cannot prevail against the church so if we can ever get this in our mind it will be so peaceful for us and so like we will just have control if we will ever get that nothing can prevail against the church the first thing you want to do is make sure you're part of the church If nothing can prevail against the church according to Jesus Christ, then the first thing I want to do is be a part of the church. The word prevail is key. He didn't say nothing was going to come against the church. He didn't say, well, nothing is going to come against the church. He says nothing will prevail, which means things are going to come against the church, but it just won't prevail. So you got to just be ready and embrace. You will have some conflicts. You will have some challenges. Things are going to come against you. Why are people coming against me like this? Why are people doing this to me? Why is this working this way? Because it's just how things will be if you are the church. It just won't prevail. So I've seen in my little bit of walk with God in my little bit of time, just keep on serving God. And guess what? Whatever is coming against you, it will pass. It will not overtake you and it will not stay forever. Just keep on walking in the power of God. Keep on serving God. Keep on living for God. And whatever is coming against you, sooner or later, it's got to go. And so... 
I will build my church. And I will give unto thee, talking about Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. First thing I want to point out to you is kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God in this particular text, same thing. So you see kingdom of heaven, don't think heaven. Let me break that down real quick. What do you need a key to go to heaven for? Right? Either God going to let you in or he not. Right? You don't need a key to get in heaven. So when he says the keys of the kingdom of heaven, it's talking about the keys to the kingdom of God. Not heaven. I'm going somewhere. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth. That's what I bound. As soon as I started praying, let y'all into a secret. Whenever my left eye jump, there's danger. Something is wrong. Something is not going right. Right before I started talking to my left eye started jumping. I said, no, you ain't devil. Whatever you're trying to do, right, I'm shutting it down. That's why I said, let's pray. And my left eye is not jumping anymore. Say, so, you know, no, you're not. Because whatsoever. Now, this is what I love. God will always give you an opportunity to exercise what he says. He will always give you an opportunity to try what he tells you. That's why the author is important. We say it all the time. Respond to the word of God because God will give you an opportunity to show you how it works. If God's word is not working in your life, it's because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Which is, you're not exercising it or you're not doing it right. He says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. All he's saying is, whatever you do, I'll back you up. That's all he's saying. Whatever you do, I'll back you up. And so, when we bind things, God says, I got you. Then, in Matthew 6, 31, he said... Let me show you where I want you to look at. 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Seek the kingdom. For a long time, even I have said it, we made the kingdom out to be a place. But the kingdom is not a place. It is a place, but it's not a place. We'll get to it. It's not not really a place. Let me give you the definition of church and kingdom. The definition for church, as we know in the Greek, is called ecclesia. Ecclesia. That's the word in the Greek. And that means a calling out, man, a calling out. You can't be a part of God's church if you don't step out from where you are and come into something different. (laughs) That's what the word Ecclesia means. It means that he called you out of where you were to come into something else. And so... You will see from the very beginning, that's always how God did things. He called Moses out from his family because his family were not God-fearing people. They worship idols. He called Moses from among his family and says, come. He was showing us that example from the very beginning that my church is separated. 
My church is not like everybody else. My church is not mingled with everybody else. This is why the Jews kind of got a little bit twisted because they knew that they're supposed to be separated, but their separation caused them to be totally separated from people. But if they're totally separated from people, how would they tell people about the God that they serve? So they took it literally. We don't want to be like anybody else. And they're right about that. But you can't just remove yourself from everything and have no connection with anything because then you're totally separated. You can't influence anybody so they can know about your God. But the point is, we got to get this part. We get a little concerned and a little worked up, Brother Chuby, when God says, you got to look differently now. Don't get quiet on me. I'm giving you word. If if the meaning of church is called out once, he is saying, I don't need you to be like them anymore. I need you to be the way I want you to be. If he's saying that, now you got to talk different, look different, act different. He called you out from among them to come and be a part of what he's doing. So if we're going to be Christians, we got to be different. If you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, if you're in the church and you're looking and acting like people that are not, then you got to question, are you really a, the church? That's just the way it is. And so you got to ask yourself that. You got to ask yourself that. Here is something that you got to know. If you stay comfortable, you're not changing. If you stay where you are, if you, if God says, Shaheen, come, and you decide, uh, you don't want to come right now, and you stay right where, it meant that there is no change in your life. And we're missing that, that that's the way God works. He's saying, I've got to change you, so I've got to take you from where you are to bring you to where I am, and that is how I bring you out. And you're going to be uncomfortable because you're not going to understand this way of life. Can you imagine Abraham when God called him out? He was going to a place that he didn't know. He was serving a God that he couldn't see. How comfortable would that have been? We want to be comfortable serving God. And God is saying, are you kidding me? If you're comfortable serving me, you're not serving me. Because change cannot come comfortably. We like what we like and we, we like to function the way we've always functioned. But here is the story. If we're doing that, it means we haven't changed who we are. Amen. And guess what? When God call you from out of where he's calling you from and bringing you in, change will be consistent. So when he calls you out, it doesn't mean, okay, all of a sudden you change and okay, you can get comfortable now. Oh. Man, he pulled me from out of there and brought me here. I'm good now. No, change is going to be consistent because we are preparing to live eternally with Jesus Christ, who is holy, who is righteous. And we think that our little bit of call out and our little bit of salvation is qualified to go live with the holy God. No, 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 we're not ready yet. So we have to be changing every day, getting better every day. Let's not let this thing, this thing, 
all make you frustrated because you want to be comfortable and God is saying you cannot. It's not God's fault. While we just started sinning because Adam and Eve sinned and now Adam and Eve sinned and guess what? We got to live a life of sin and we became comfortable with sin. And, and, and now when God is saying, no, no, we get upset, uncomfortable. That, if we would have never started out in sin, we wouldn't be uncomfortable when God says, blah, 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 blah. So church, the word church, ecclesia, called out. You're, you're being pulled out of the majority. You're being pulled out of what the norm is. So if you want to be normal, you're despising being the church. If you want to look like everybody else, you're despising being the church. If you want to act like everybody else and go where everybody else go, you're despising wanting to be the church. That's church. Let me add this other definition to it. The redeemed of all the ages who follow Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. The redeemed of all the ages. People from, from the time of Jesus Christ till today. That are redeemed. Those people who are following Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Do we understand what Lord and Savior mean? Anybody understand what Lord and Savior mean? Want to take a quick uh, explanation. Explain to me what Lord and Savior mean. Anybody want to tell me real quick? Because, you know, on TV, sporting event, one thing, God, my Lord and Savior, one thing, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Do we know that what that means? Lord means ruler. Whether you like it or not. So, so we better start thinking, is Jesus Christ our Lord? We like Savior because Savior means he's going to save you, keep you. But remember how we say it, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Lord means he rules you. How many of us want him to rule us? Because if he don't rule you, he's not going to save you. So we might be clinging to the saving part. And Jesus is like, I don't know what you're clinging to because if I can't rule you, I can't save you. You want me to show you how much sense that makes? If you're going in danger and I don't rule you and you're going, I said, Tom, come back. Because I don't rule you. Yeah, 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 whatever. Then you're going to go in danger and hurt yourself. But if I rule you and you're going, hey, boy, get back here. You ain't going to worry about how I said it. He said that mean. No, I'm your ruler. So you just come on back. That's what ruler means. I'm just trying to tell you how the word work. And so that's what the church is. Jesus Christ is the ruler and savior of our life. What's the definition of kingdom? The definition of kingdom is this. A realm or territory where the king rules and reigns. Here go that ruler stuff again. Kingdom is a realm or territory where the king rules and reigns. The kingdom is the king's government in action. 
Boy, that's a good one. The kingdom is the king's government in action. Remember what we're talking about tonight? We're talking about the church and the kingdom. So now that we have understanding of both, let me expound some more on church. Isaiah chapter 9. I'm sorry, expound a little bit more on kingdom. Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. The son that is going to be born, the government, they ain't talking about this government, obviously. <laughs> the government, shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Then it says in verse 7, here's what I like in verse 7, of the increase of what? His government. Here we go again. And peace shall there be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. What God is telling us from even Isaiah that this child that's going to be born, who is the Messiah, who is God manifest in flesh, he will have a government rulership and that government will never end. He will rule and reign forever in his kingdom. So, let me back it up and put it where we are. We're talking about the church and the kingdom. We become the church and then we do the kingdom. I don't sound proper to you because you, you haven't been used to that term, doing the kingdom, executing government. And so now we see that the kingdom is not a place per se, but the kingdom is more about the rulership of the almighty God. So wherever the Lord Jesus Christ have rulership, that's where he's king. Wherever the Lord Jesus Christ is lording over, that's where he's king. So if God is not ruling your life, lording over your life, he's not king in your life. If he's not king in your life, you don't get the benefits of the king. We got to get this right because we keep thinking that, oh, you know, I just do my thing and I'm saved. No. If you're saved, it means Jesus Christ rules you. I can't stop saying that. I'm going to irritate you to make you either know it or you just say, I can't do this. Because it's, it's no other way. You have to get to the place where Jesus rules you. He do whatever, you do whatever he tells you to and you have no qualms about it. We make it difficult, but man, listen to me. Think about this just for a second. Do you prefer to 
if you had a good upbringing, let me let me preface it by that. If you had a good upbringing, think about now and think about when you were a kid. Was life better then or now? Okay. I'm saying, I said if you had a good upbringing. I didn't say if you had a bad upbringing. So if you had a good upbringing, was life better you as a kid or is it better now? Had to be then. Because guess what? When you, when you need something, nobody had to ask you. You didn't have to say anything. As a matter of fact, and when you do ask your parents, I already got that, or whatever the case may be. Everything was there for you. You were taken care of. You didn't have to think about anything. You didn't have to go buy groceries. Everything you needed, it was done. When Austin was little, did he have to think about anything? As a matter of fact, Austin going to college, and I'm sure you and your wife paying for Austin College. Brother Darrell put his kids through college, two boys, and he paid for them. When you're a kid and you have good parents, I'm sure Scarlet's, you know, they've taken out money for their kids. So when you're a kid, you get everything. And you have no responsibility. So why are we having a hard time letting Jesus be Lord of our life? What am I missing? What am I missing? What am I missing that is so hard for us to say, Lord, just rule my life. What am I missing? Because if he rule in my life, I don't have to worry about a thing. Just obey. So what do you tell me when we told our kids, you got to go to sleep at 730 because you got school tomorrow. You go to sleep. At, you don't want to go to sleep at 730. I deal with that right now. So you tell the kids, you have to go to sleep at 7.30 because you have to wake up early in the morning. I don't want to get in bed at 7.30, but guess what? You're going to bed at 7.30. So, again, let's cross back over. That's some of the stuff that Jesus is trying to work in us. He's telling us, you got to do this, and we're saying, why I got to do this? And we just really don't do it. Now, you're going to tell your parent, I'm not going to bed at 7.30 and see what happened to you. And whatever they had promised you that was getting you, you're not getting it. Somehow we want God to take our mess and we just want to do whatever we want. And God says, but you, I'll still take care of you. We're so deceived. We're so deceived. We don't even do that with our regular parent. And we want to somehow think God is going to give us whatever we want just because God loves us. Don't your parents love you? They whoop your tail when you don't do right. Don't your parents love you? They don't give you something if you don't do right. So don't try to throw that old stupid stuff on God. Well, if he loved us, he would... No! You have to obey him! I don't know why that's so hard and difficult. I had a conversation with my oldest son last night. I just had to straighten him out real quick. He's telling me something about being fair. So I told him he had to do something, and he said to me, But Dad, that's not fair. I said... This is my house, my house, mine, mine. I do whatever I want with it. I'm telling just as I talk to him. I said, this is my house, and I do whatever I want with it. And if you don't like it, guess what you can do? This is my house. I didn't tell him that. And then it hit me all of a sudden. We all doing that with God. Well, God, I don't think this is right. Heaven is his. The kingdom is his. What are you going to do? 
He gave us the instruction about when he told the people to give them work. And he says, listen, I'll give you a penny for this work. And, and, he, and he went out and he hired some people and says, I'm going to pay you this much. This one, okay, I'm going to pay you this much, okay. And then he went out at 11 o'clock and the work was going to be over at 12. And he said to this one, I'll pay you the same amount. He didn't tell him that. He just said, I'll pay you this for the one hour that's left. When they realized that God had paid out the same money to everybody that worked different hours, they got mad. And he had to say the same thing I'm saying tonight. Isn't it my money and my business and I do whatever I want with it? If you agree to this, this then this is what I do. So if you live in my house, you just agree to my rules. If not, you got to go. And so we all want to get to heaven. But we don't want to agree to the rules. Man, God, this is like, to me, simple stuff. But somehow, it's a struggle. My kids, whatever they want, they get right now. And that's how God wants to treat us. Your kids, same thing. It ain't just my kids, your kids. You take care of them, just whatever they need. And one day they're going to get old and get their own, they're going to be responsible. And it's not going to be the same way. I want to be a kid in God's kingdom all the days of my life. So he can give me all what I want. That's why he called us children of God. And we're trying to be adults of God. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I want to be a child of God. I don't want to be an adult of God. I want to be a child of God. I want him to keep taking care of me. So whatever he tells me, he can lord over my life all day, every day. Just tell me, Jesus, and I'm doing it. It's not that hard. I know some of the things are just contrary to who we are because of all the sin and the wrong that we've done over the years. And so what he tells us is contrary. But do everything you can to make it become a part of you. Genesis Chapter 1, verse 26. Let me say this. We talk about what the kingdom is. And we say we do the kingdom. Right? And I'll get into some more wording that make it sound differently. But from the very beginning when God created man, he told man to do the kingdom. The kingdom is not a place. We don't get saved and go into the kingdom. Oh, I'm saved. I'm in the kingdom. No, you become a part of the church to do the work of the kingdom. Oh man, we're going to get messed up on this one. Let me show it to you. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. That word dominion, it means rulership, lordship. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28, and God blessed them and God said unto them, them. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion. The kingdom in operation. And so when God called us out ever since from the very beginning, 
He called us out. Remember now what he's saying is, I'm bringing you from out of sin and I'm bringing you into the church. I'm going to make you the church. And he says, I brought you from out of the world and out of sin and now you are a part of the church. And now that you are part of the church, your responsibility is to have dominion, is to operate my kingdom, is to let my government be executed in the kingdom. That's what he told them from the very beginning. The kingdom is what we do, not a thing. So when people say I'm in the kingdom, mm, not, not politically correct. I'm doing the kingdom. I'm the church. The church does the government or the governing of the kingdom. All right. You still look a little puzzled. The kingdom was what was supposed to do. The kingdom was what we were supposed to do from the beginning. But we allowed the devil to come in, to interfere, and to snatch away our authority and establish his kingdom. You didn't read about the kingdom of Satan for a minute. There was no kingdom of Satan. Satan was in heaven with the Lord. So there was no kingdom for him to be had. He created nothing. He had nothing. He operated under the government of God's kingdom. But when he messed up and God says, okay, you lost your position, then he decided because that's really what he wanted. He wanted to be the head of the kingdom. And so when he could not be the head of the kingdom and he got kicked out, he established his kingdom. And so now we got in the spiritual realm, that is. I'm not talking about just the physical. In the spiritual realm, now we've got the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. One of the reasons why Jesus Christ came, God manifest in flesh. He came to reestablish His kingdom. (laughs) We punked out and we allowed the enemy to punk us and he was just doing what he wanted with his kingdom and getting his imps together and they operating under him and says, okay, Satan, we'll do whatever you want. And so they were taking instruction from him and executing the business of his kingdom. And we just stand idly. And God says, all right, I got to go reestablish my kingdom myself. This again, we can't keep thinking that he sent some son. I got to go down there and reestablish my kingdom myself. So one of the reasons, yeah, he came to die for our sins and all this stuff. But part of it was the kingdom. Let me prove it to you. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee 
preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Did you notice when Jesus finally started doing the work of God? He was 30 years old. But you notice, go through all the, the, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you will see. And Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God. I wondered from the very beginning, why was Jesus preaching the kingdom? I didn't know all this stuff back then. But here we here he come preaching the kingdom. It didn't say preaching salvation. Says Jesus came preaching the kingdom. So here is something that you got to think about. The preaching of the gospel and the preaching of the kingdom. Two different things. If you read carefully, sometimes it could overlap somewhere where it could be the same. But be careful because the kingdom and the gospel is two different things. Why is that? The gospel is what gets you in the church. The kingdom is what you do when you become the church. And verse 15 says, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. This is why we kept reading that. John the Baptist preaching, Jesus, why is the kingdom of God at hand? Then there's another one, and I got a little bit of it, but I didn't get the whole revelation when it talked about in John chapter 3 and verse 3 when it says, if, if you're not born again of water and spirit, you cannot, what does it say? It says enter, but before it says enter... And I always say understood the kingdom. That was a little bit right. But here's the full truth. When the kingdom is manifest, you can see it. Oh, God. God was talking to us and we missed it. The kingdom of God is visual. You can see government in action. But if you don't have the power of God in your life, you won't see the kingdom operate. The kingdom of God can be seen. Oh, God. Look at Matthew 4 and 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in the synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Here you go now. Here you go. What's the gospel of the kingdom? Here you go see it. Healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. That is seeing the kingdom. When God heals somebody, you can see it. So the kingdom is visible. When we say we are operating according to the kingdom, it's visible. We're doing the business of the kingdom. And the church has been called out and called into God to do the work of the kingdom. I'm giving you the basics of what this thing is all about. That we are a people that God says, I'm pulling you out of sin. I'm pulling you out of the world. I'm going to separate you. You need to do the things I command you that you become my church. My church because I've already shed my blood. And you become my church so you can do the kingdom like I did it. Listen, you're not just some old regular person that's struggling to make it. When you come into the kingdom, you now have an authority and a power to now operate the kingdom. 
Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When you begin to experience the power of God, that's the kingdom revealed. When God begins to move in our congregation, that's the kingdom revealed. When you get healed, that's the kingdom. When you get delivered, that's the kingdom. We thought that was just some, oh, I got healed. No, it's the kingdom of God being manifested. So now we can pray, God, manifest the kingdom among us. We know the kingdom is not some place, but the kingdom is where the king is ruling, where the king is governing. And so today, if demonic forces, king, will you come and move and have your way in this surrounding? This is your place. We are your people. Will you move? That the king will just manifest this kingdom. It's time now. God is moving us. And so now where we are now, you got to understand you have authority to exercise God's kingdom. God's kingdom is not just some place that we, 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 oh yeah, the kingdom of God, you know, the Bible said the kingdom is within you. How does that make sense compared to what you're teaching? It means that God is in me ruling, but he don't stay there. Wherever I go, God is in me. And at any time, God can manifest his power. And because I am his child, I can manifest his power. I have the right to exercise the authority. You have the right to exercise the authority. The kingdom don't have nothing to do with the pastor. The kingdom is a church thing. The church, all of us that's been called out and pulled in, we have been given the authority. Alright, when we obey the preaching, I'm getting ready to close up here. When we obey the preaching of the gospel, we become the church. When we obey the preaching of the gospel, we become the church. How do we become the church when we obey the preaching of the gospel? Well, the first thing we need to know about the preaching of the gospel is the revelation. Who is this Jesus? That's the very first thing. I know it might become, I don't know what you want to call it, burdensome to you because I say it all the time. But I'm telling you how you talk to people. Did you know, do you know who Jesus is? Well, yeah, some religious guy, teacher, prophet. Well, some of that is what he is, but that's not even scratching the surface of who Jesus is. Jesus is the almighty God that created this world. But when he created this world, he did it invisibly. And when the fullness of time came, he had to make himself visible because he had to save us from our sins and he had to establish the kingdom. That's very important. And so if you don't know who Jesus is, you will never be able to operate the kingdom. Watch this. Just watch it. So we become the church by obeying the gospel. And how it all lines up is we get the revelation that Jesus is God manifest. Once we get that revelation, that should make us repent. 
Because remember, when we realize Jesus is God who came to die for our sins because we sinned so badly that we could not forgive ourselves and we couldn't get out of our sin and we were going to die in our sin. And Jesus came and took our place instead of us dying. Jesus died for us. When you realize that, you're supposed to be saying in your heart, oh man, I'm so sorry about that. How do I repay him for that? Just that simple. If somebody died instead of you dying, shouldn't that be the question? Well, how do I make that right? Man, I should have died, you tell him? Yeah, you should have died. And he died for me? Oh, man, how do I, how did I get that together? That's the question. And somebody that's in the kingdom, I'm sorry, that's in the church should tell you, repent of your sins. So you get the revelation. You start asking, how do I make it right? Repent of your sins. And then after that, then you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I just tell you, we can't get baptized in the Father, Son, Holy Ghost because the Father didn't die for you. I know the Father died for you, but the Father didn't die for you. (laughs) I don't want to get you confused. You should know what I'm saying. The, The point is, Jesus was hung on the cross. And so that's the name you need to get baptized in because that's the name that died for you. And so you get baptized in that name. Can I just say this again? Or say this? Don't play with your salvation. Don't, 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 don't try to be right. Or, or don't try to let pride get in your way. If you see something in the scripture, forget. What do you have to lose? Well, I, I got baptized already, but I don't quite remember. I think, uh, yeah, I think I got baptized in Jesus' name. Or what difference does it really make? I knew what I was doing. We just got to stop that kind of stuff. It's nothing wrong with just saying, let me do this right, because I don't remember. Let me just do this, because now I see it clear. And you get baptized in Jesus' name. That's how you get Brought into the church. Now. God fills you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. After that. You have the right. Because you took on the name. You're in the church now. And you have the name. You have the name. You got baptized. See why it's important to get the name? You got baptized in the name, so you have the name applied to your life. So now that you're in the kingdom, you have the Holy Spirit, you have the name, and you have the authority to use the word of God. So, the keys. Remember I told you that keys thing? We used to say, well, that's the key to salvation. No, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. He didn't say the keys to salvation. I gave you the keys to the kingdom. We already, he already talked about he's going to build the church. So now we pass the whole salvation thing. He's talking about the keys to the kingdom. And it wasn't one key. He said keys. Well, what did he say in Acts chapter 1, verse 8? And ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He went on and says, and ye shall be my This is why you need the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is one of the keys. The Holy Ghost is one of the keys. So when you have the Holy Ghost, you have one of the keys in order to operate the kingdom. 
Because you don't operate the kingdom. It's greater is he that is in you than everybody else that's in the world. So the kingdom gets operated by him, not by you. So now, when you get the Holy Ghost, you've got Him in you. Now you're qualified to operate, to, to, to carry forth the government of the kingdom. And now that you have the Holy Ghost, now you use the power of the name. So when you say the name, and when you use the authority of the word, now you have the keys, the word, the Holy Ghost, and the power of the name. Those are three keys to operate the kingdom. So the way the kingdom gets operated is by the power of the Holy Ghost, the name of Jesus Christ, and the word of God. Those are the keys that operates the kingdom. So when I say to the devil, that's why he mad tonight. I said, devil, in the name of Jesus, according to the power that's in me and the authority that I've been given, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus Christ. And I bind you and I cast you in outer darkness in the name of Jesus Christ. And then I said, according to the authority of the word of God, and I look upon you uh, the power of God what the power is in me I just loose the power upon you uh, I just lose faith upon you uh, I just loose it upon you because I have the authority to operate the kingdom church if you practice this oh my god the kind of power we're going to demonstrate. People are going to say, what is it that's going on with y'all? <laughs> and we're just going to tell them because we practicing and exercising the teaching of the word of God. The authority that is in us. We know how to use it. We know that the kingdom is the government of God. The kingdom is what we do. The kingdom is not a place. We are the church. And once we become the church, we're qualified to operate the government of God. That's what Jesus came and did. He established the government of God and then said, now go ahead and operate it. Remember, the disciples came to him, talking about even the devil is subjected to us. They was impressed with themselves. Even the devil is subjected to us. And so they were making it like they thought that was some big deal. And basically what Jesus said to them was, listen, man, that's just what you do as the church. There's nothing big time about that. Uh, that, that's who you are. You are the church. You have the authority and the power to, 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 for demons to be subjected to you. But understand, the, the, the end all be all is that you spend eternity with me. Your power that you, the, the power that is in you that you demonstrate, that's just the way it is. We, we have missed it and thought that we're somebody special by being able to bind and loose, by being able to tell the devil. We're thinking that, oh man, this is great. No, no, no. That's just who you are as a child of God. It's not something great and special. You just that once you geek become a part of the church. You that. You become a part of the church. You have that right. You have that authority to bind and loose. You have that authority to do all of that. And so we don't have to look at anybody as strange. We're supposed to come in here and testify. Yeah. 
met this guy on the road today and he was so bound up, but I set him free. Who do you think you are? A child of God. I'm the church. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. This is why you don't become a part of the church and sit still and sit dormant. (laughs) Now you understand that coming to church, listen to me. Coming to church is not that big of a deal, people. I heard a preacher said this. Now, I'm not telling you not to come to church, but, but don't be impressed with yourself when you come to church. I heard a preacher said this. One miracle in the street is worth a hundred miracles in the church. You know why he said that? More people sees it out there than in here. And the kingdom supposed to operate wherever you are. Not just when you come together in this building. The kingdom operate wherever you go. Why? The king is inside of you and you are the church. So the kingdom don't just operate when we come in this building or wherever we go after here. The kingdom is within you and operates through you. And so wherever you go, you're supposed to manifest the power of God. Don't let this building shut you down or anybody in any building. So here is, and I'm closing here. Here is the kingdom in action. Watch it. Acts chapter 26, verse 15. And I said, who are, this is the apostle Paul talking to King Agrippa. And so Apostle Paul was telling him the testimony, his testimony. And so in verse 15 says, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he says, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Verse 16. This is Jesus talking. Arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. We keep on thinking that God save us just so we can say we save and we waiting for the end to come. God has never changed and the Bible says he changed not. Just like how he called Paul for a purpose. Guess what? He called you for a purpose. I don't know. I don't know if you don't understand that. <laughs> well, I'm not the apostle Paul and he wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Listen, if God called you, there's a purpose attached to it. God is not like anybody else. And so he told Paul, I appeared unto thee for this purpose. He's telling them, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things which I, which I will ap- appear unto thee. So he said, I call you to be a minister and a witness. That's what he told Paul. That's the purpose. That's everybody's purpose. Minister just mean you're ministering to people. And a witness. Here's the kingdom. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. So he told Paul, I, y'all catching this? I pulled you out. I called you out and cleaned you up. Here we go again. Who is going to listen to you if you was in the world and God pulled you out? Quote, unquote, but you're still acting like them. You think they're going to believe you when you come back to talk to them? So why are we fooling ourselves? Why are we fooling ourselves think we can just be like, well, I'm just, we can't be like everybody. Strive to be different. Just get over it and just be like, I am going, when you see me, you're going to know I'm not from this world. 
We worried about. He said, I pulled you out of them. Now I'm sending you back to them because guess what? You are the church and now you have the authority to operate the kingdom. We heard about the sons of Sceva trying to cast out demons. Listen, you're supposed to operate the, the kingdom. If you don't get this right and you try to operate the kingdom wrong, guess who knows it? Yes, he does. And he will whip your tail. So don't play no games. You better know who you are and be who you are and do the kingdom. Don't play games with the kingdom. Don't play games because the devil will make you look like a fool and you'll wonder what happened. No, it ain't nothing wrong with the work of the kingdom. It's you playing games. So here's what he says. I send you back to the Gentiles. Here is what he said. I send you back to Gentiles to do. To open their eyes. Not because they're blind physically, but because they're blind spiritually. So now, how do you operate the kingdom? To minister to people that their blinded eyes will be open. Woo! Come on. And turn them from darkness to light. So it means people that don't have the revelation, that don't have Jesus in their life, that's not a part of the church. Guess what? They are in darkness. He's telling us how to operate the kingdom. And from the power of Satan unto God. When you're in darkness, you're under the power of Satan. And that you may receive forgiveness of sins. And inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So here is the kingdom at work. Can I tell you this? All of this that we're reading is before we even talk to them about who Jesus is. So here's how the kingdom operates. Father, I'm getting ready to go over there and talk to Tony. And before you go over there and talk to Tony, this is what you do. You turn your back and pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that Tony's eyes will be open to truth. That Tony's eyes will be open to the word of God. That Tony will have clear understanding to the word of God. And that Lord Jesus, the darkness that's in Tony's life, the darkness that's just governing him and controlling him. I pray that the light of Christ will now shine when I stand before him. And I pray, Lord God, that he will be turned from the power, from the authority, because that's what that power means. That he will be turned from the authority of Satan and turned to the authority of God. You see the, see the kingdom now? So that word power meant authority. So you're either under the authority of Satan or you're under the authority of God. You're never under your own authority. So live how you want to live. Because when you live on, this is just me. No, you're under the authority of Satan. It's not you. You're in darkness and you can't see straight. And the only way you're going to see straight is when somebody like me or you or you or you, that is the church, that is operating the kingdom, when we walk over and say, God, allow them to see what I'm saying today. Let your light shine. And Satan, I command you in the name of Jesus, get your hands off of them because I have the authority 
authority to tell you, get your hands off of them. According to the authority of the word and the power of the name of Jesus and the power of God that's in me, get your hands off of them. Loose them right now, Satan. You can't have them. Then I go over and says, do you know who Jesus is? And all of a sudden they start talking to you real good. And you're like, oh, snap. You're scared because you can't even believe they're just talking to you like that. You just set them free. And now you can tell them about Jesus. And now they can get saved. And now they can get baptized in Jesus' name. And now they can get filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And now they can begin to do the kingdom just like you do the kingdom. That's the way it works. Ain't nobody special up in here. We all children of God. And when God brings us out and brings us in, what he's saying is, I'm bringing you in for his purpose, to do the work of the kingdom. Because he gave us the authority from the very beginning, have dominion, have rulership. And crazy us, let the devil go in and snatch it from us. And so now we, we lived in bondage for all these years. We, we live under the control and the guise of Satan and, and, and just being beat up and pushed around. And Jesus says, enough is enough. I'm going down to reestablish my kingdom. And this time, I'm going to let you know who you are and who I am. I'm going to manifest myself to you physically now so you can see. And once I show you all of this, you will know how to operate the kingdom. And no longer will the devil be able to come and take the kingdom away from you. I've established the kingdom, and now you is going to do the work of the kingdom. All of us can do the work of the kingdom. If the work of the kingdom not being done, it's because you're not living right. Get right. You have everything to lose if you don't get right. Everything to lose if you don't get right. We can't play the games. Listen, man. Let when you sin, you slip into sin. Don't deliberately walk into sin. Don't deliberately just let sin have you. If sin gets you, make it be a mistake and you repent of that sin and get moving again. But don't let sin rule your life. You're supposed to rule over this stuff. God made us rulers to lord over this. If Jesus Christ is our Lord and you are a child of Jesus Christ, then you're a baby Lord. You are. You are what your daddy say you are. Whatever your daddy is, that's who you are. The daddy's blood is the controlling factor. So whatever you, whoever your daddy is, you're going to have some of your daddy in you. This is why we better be born again. Because the natural, a lot of our daddies in the natural ain't too good. But when you get born again, you get the blood of Jesus Christ to flow through you. And that makes you a new creature in Christ. And you don't have to worry about who your daddy is because now you're a new creature. But the bottom line is God has made you Lord to govern, to rule over, to exercise the authority, to govern the kingdom. That is our responsibility. No longer are we able to just come in now to church and act like, oh, woe is me when you have authority. Any questions? We do the kingdom. The kingdom is not a place. Somebody say it with me. The kingdom is not a place. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's not a place. God is ruling over you so you can rule over. Remember I've always told you, if you're not under authority, you have no authority. That's another thing. Don't try to go mess with, if, if, I guess I got to say this. If you don't 
If you're not under my authority as your pastor, don't mess with the devil. I'm just going to make you, I'm just going to tell you the truth. I'm just trying to help you. Because that's the kind of stuff the devil knows. Oh, please, you ain't under that church authority. You ain't under that man's authority. And, and, and it's not because I'm somebody. It's because God set his kingdom up like that. God will never let, you can never have authority if you're not under, God, God don't play those games. He has to operate according to his principles. So if you just show up at a church once in a while and you think you got authority to go mess with the devil, he's going to whip your tail. Because he knows you're not under any authority and you're not covered. You're not protected. He knows everything about us because he got the demons assigned to you. Demon assigned to you, following you around. So he knows. So don't go playing games with yourself. If you're going to exercise God's authority, make sure you're under authority. Any questions? The kingdom is what we do. It's not a thing. It's what we do. We become the church, he calls us out, and we become the church, and the church operates the kingdom. Nobody else is qualified to operate the kingdom. Only God himself and his church. He called his church the body, and he's the head. So in essence, he's still operating the kingdom. (laughs) The Lord is slick. We might feel good like we operate, and we are doing something, but at the end of the day, we are the body, he is the head, and so whatever we're doing is really him that's still doing it. Any questions? We do the kingdom. The kingdom is not a thing, and church, we become the church. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Burn this word into our heart, into our soul, and into our spirit. It's not what we've always been comfortable understanding and doing. But Lord, today you've spoken your word. And now we want the word, Lord God, to go in action. We want the word to operate in our life. Give us all in this room courage and boldness. We've already been given your authority, but we have to now have courage and boldness to execute the government. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every person in this room under the sound of my voice will receive, I loose upon you courage, I loose upon you boldness, uh, and that as you walk out of here tonight, you will operate in that authority that God has given you when you became a child of God. Uh, No more will you be timid. Uh, No more will you be intimidated. Uh, You will live right. You will walk right. You will talk right. You will trust God uh, and you will do the kingdom. Father, bless them uh, and speak their heart and move upon them like you've never done Lord God I pray in the name of Jesus this I pray that your will be done hear us tonight Lord and grant us our petition in Jesus name we pray amen thank you for your time Leandro thank you for coming God bless